Welcome back to the Keen Late Podcast, the Premier Whiskey Podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Welcome back to another episode of the 12 Days of Barrel Picks. This is your host, Jake, speaking. I'm all by myself today because Wilson Ramon Torres has abandoned me. Callum J. O'Donnell, our Scottish correspondent, senior correspondent, that is, he is down in the DR, soaking up sun, doing virtual tastings for Abelauer, and probably also crying a little bit because he lost Sunday Night Fights to me um, in a previous time. <laughs> but... I'm not alone in my basement all by myself, like a Green Day song might uh, sing about back in 1994. Today with me, the one and only Brett W. Power, 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 power. <laughs> Good afternoon. Brett, how are you doing? Good. What's the W stand for? I don't know. Winner. All right, I'll take it. Yeah. So we are here to talk about Sagamore. As many of you might know, Brett is, what is your direct title? I always forget. Uh, I, I, I know I ask you every time. No worries. Uh, sales Director, Central Region. I was going to say Marketing Director, Midwest. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Aspiring <laughs> dreams to shoot for. Um, yeah, so we're here to talk about Sagamore Spirit, which obviously has been on the podcast many of times. Brett himself, who appears... I would say at least like once every two months at this point. I'm trying. Yeah. Talk as you'll have me. I have. Well, you have a red cord sticking in your microphone just for Sagamore, and we'll keep up the high spirits oh, for that. the brand. Appreciate it. Anytime. It's that extra detail. I could makes... use a Penny Proof T-shirt you got on. Okay, this yeah. one would fit you three times over. Well, you know what? Uh, I can shrink it in the wash. <laughs> it's a little cold outside to leave without a shirt on, but um, I, duly I, noted. I do run in the mornings like a masochist who wants to die. It's okay. cold. Yes, I've been walking in the same weather. Ah, yeah, nice. Good for you. A little less you. sweat, so it's a little less cold. Yeah, we uh, we are here to talk about a barrel pick, obviously, since it is the 12 Days of Barrel Picks. Um, the second more selection that we are highlighting today, although there is a host of them in the Chicagoland area, we are going to highlight one chosen by our friend Z over at GNS Market, who just helped sell into, uh, we determined, let's call it late August. Yeah, I think it hit the stores about a month ago. I think tasting was, okay. I guess, like you, I heard you were there. I was. So late August, early September. I, we can go with that. Rumor has it that they bought it because of my tasting notes. Good to know. Yeah. I might have to take you on the road with me. I just started that rumor. <laughs> I like it. Spread it. Yeah, I, I try to help out our friends as much as possible. So selling whiskey for other brands, that's what I'm all about. Because that day I was sitting in the stock room with nothing to uh, nothing to sell, just hanging out and sipping. Well, I, I'm very grateful. Have Appreciate you been it. to the stock room on a Thursday night? I have not. Mm. I have not. Missing out. I will add it to my list. Yeah, I've been a couple of times, but a uh, nice little environment for some buyers of the GNS market in Uptown here in Chicago um, that come by. Also, buy, uh, distributors, um, brand reps like myself uh, that come by with unique things, offerings that they just have uh, on hand to have people taste out and sip in. It's almost like a little bit of a tasting in a way. Without having you stand in an aisle with a table and a black tablecloth and some POS and merch on there for three hours. Oh, that's you cool. You can sit yeah. down. I follow on social media. It definitely looks like a spot I need to get to. Yeah. Once um, the, I mean, it is a little tight. So once the COVID regulations open back up, that's probably when I'll return. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. don't feel free to ask me along. Mm. Or not. Yeah. Mm. Either way. Mm. Open in, open invite. Right. I'll have Wilson invite you. All right, but you enough. might not, but you might not hear from him either. And <laughs> he could be in Mundaline. 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 Yeah, happy to help correct you on that one. I thought I had it right that time. No, Mundaline. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, used right. to play them in water polo a lot back when I played water polo in Illinois. There weren't very many teams, so you played the same teams over and over and over again. You played water polo? Yeah, all the way up until about thirty four, thirty five. What? Yeah. 
From Seriously? 20 years. I didn't know water polo was a thing in Chicago. Yeah, big in the Catholic leagues, South Side, oh, and, okay. and then the suburbs started, but it wasn't a sport when I played. It became a sport uh, appropriately right after I graduated. <laughs> so we went from playing like 15, 20 games wherever we can find them to now they play something like 60 all year all year long. But um, yeah, then I played down at U of I for a couple of years, oh. and then I came back and played um, with a buddy. Um, shout out to Chris Fetterman. He put together the Beach Whales, oh. and uh, I was not the biggest guy. <laughs> um, so, but the name fit, and uh, it was fun. We played and traveled a little bit, and played in some tournaments. Um, then kids and business and things got in the way, so I have not been able to play as much as, as oh, I would like. But, I had no idea. Yeah, maybe one day I'll get back into it. So it was like a rec league situation. Um, yeah, but it's more. Yeah, I mean, we would practice and scrimmage, and, and we'd get some good turnouts. And the hardest part with that is pool time. You, right. know, you have to find a place to play. So we, had, we were able to play through him at our old high school, which was a good hour drive for me, but it, everybody else was pretty close. So it was, you know, you go, it's like softball, but, you know, yeah. get together, play for a couple hours, and go have some beers afterwards and things like that. I was going to say, drinking beer and playing water polo seems a little more difficult than drinking beer and playing softball or volleyball on the beach. Not for the skilled. Hmm. Not for the skilled. Hmm. It might be might be the best, best thing I do in the water polo. The most I know about water polo is watching the OC. Ah, never seen it. Well, water polo is big in that. All right. Season one, anyway. All right, I'll add it to my list. You should. <laughs> it's one of my favorite seasons of uh, TV ever. Well, now it's moving to the top of the list. Yeah, but then it gets, a, but it's a little, uh, a little bit of that love story drama, soap opera ish type of story that was on. Um, it develops through as the seasons go on and progress. Okay. But season one, season two, mwah. far tangent from Barrel Select Whiskey. It's the perfect tangent. For this podcast, it fits right in. <laughs> I have heard a few, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about a little bit of what GNS decided to choose from your barrel pick. Um, in all honesty, we are tasting three different barrel picks right now, Sagamores, in the Chicagoland area on my table in my basement next to the Christmas tree and a whiskey collection. Yeah, and an eight track player. Um. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. It's attached to a uh, to record player. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I guess. just need some reel to reel, and ooh, and uh, that's what we had growing up. And then we would take reel to reel once a year, twice a year, and with my dad, it was like a whole uh-huh. thing we did, and then transferred to cassettes. And then he called it something which isn't appropriate now, but I didn't realize the acronym until like five <laughs> years ago. Mixtape. <laughs> Something like mixtape, but uh, it was an acronym. If, if I'll tell you off air, and if you think it's appropriate, we can dub it. Mm. We can dub it in later, but you never know if my kids are listening That's a good point. to me on the radio at the time, and I, I don't want to have to explain that one. Yeah, there's an assortment of collections on this shelf, and also the the photo that I proposed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Holding a bottle of whiskey. That's in South America or something, right? No. Oh. Ireland. Oh, Close. Close, very close. Not yeah, American. Port. Portugal was somehow involved in uh, honeymoon in Portugal. Got it. Yeah. All right. I pay a little. Which bit is attention. also in Europe, not South America. Right. A little off. My apologies. Speak some of the same languages as South American countries. Yes, Portugal, big influence in Brazil. I so I've heard. So, but um, yeah, for us, we, we originally came out with our barrel <laughs> program. Uh, yeah, geez. I I, I, I want to know because we've never really talked about your barrel program, really. Yeah, we we kind of pushed to get it from a sales perspective about three years ago, okay. and um, as you may remember um, from previous episodes, and if not, go back and check out um, few, <sighs> four, previous Sagamore Spirit appearances on Keen the Like. I want to say in the thirties. Yeah, there's one there. Uh, Hundred. Right there's always a nine and a six and a three. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like there's always, like, really? always yeah, it's check. always like, th- yeah. like like you think you were like thirteen or something like that. No, not that early. 
but it was yeah, it's always like 37 uh like 63 um 96 okay yeah, yeah yeah 96 sounds right yeah so definitely go back and listen to those uh but everything we do is a blend so we use a very common um 95 rye 5 5% mul- multi barley mash bill and then what we like to call our barely legal and I think very unique to us a 52% rye 43% corn mm. 5% um multi barley mash bill blend those together to different different ratios depending on the product depending on what we're doing and originally our barrel select program was a 95 proof um four to five year product and we let um the the stores choose their blend so mm. we'd have samples that were blended 90 10 80 20 70 30 60 40 but the stores weren't actually blending them no themselves. we brought them those four samples gotcha. blended and so essentially it was here's your barrel your, your barrel select program pick your ratio um, two years ago, we switched to what is now pretty close to the current program, or pretty much the current program. Every uh, all of our barrel selects are an eighty percent high rye, twenty percent low rye, hmm. and then we bumped it up to one hundred and ten proof. Wow. So a little bit less than our cast strength. Most of our cast strength comes in about one twelve to one fourteen. So just just a couple bumps off of that, um, and then it's six years. Um, this particular barrel, a couple of the ones that got sold later in um, in twenty twenty. Uh, have hit the seven to seven and a half year mark hmm. um, as a lot of the barrels were filled in January of 13 and then May of 13. Um, we, we, we do just over a hundred the last two years or this year. I'm not exactly, we did less than 19 um, in the seventies. Um, we'll probably stay flat, you know, flat to that in 21. And okay. it just represents our, our best, our highest, you know, highest quality whiskey. We, we've spent a lot of time, you know, figuring out and, and pulling from different parts of our rickhouses and, and, and highlighting the ones that show the most promise and get them over to the farm rickhouse and, and, and age them for the rest of the duration there. Yeah. And then um, get them out to the markets. And, and again, at that 80 20, um, really is consistent and, and leaves a lot of variance in it based on similar factors as aging, you know, where, where their age, where it's, where it's um, been in the rickhouses weather and, and and all the stuff we're used to, to talking about when it comes to, to to whiskey and as you said we just tried three and i think two of them couldn't be <laughs> very very different oh yeah very different but um, both delicious I, I the one um that we're not tasting actually really grew on me oh really yeah i think it just need to be opened up a little bit and it was a neck pour as well so yeah good point yeah yeah i like i liked it it just was the, the the difference between the two very drastic um and i've tried probably 40 of this year's release maybe not quite maybe so you have 30s. five in this area yeah. Yep, that sounds about right. Yep. And so then I'm assuming you have some in Texas and California? Yep, yep. Uh, Texas has been crushing it. Shout out to my team in Texas down there and Dallas Bourbon Club, Houston Bourbon Soci- Whiskey Society, and, and everybody else that has gotten on board. Um, Dallas Bourbon Club. Yeah. You're, you're on my list. <laughs> but uh, they've done something like 14 this year. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, and I think last year we did 12 or 13. How big's their um, group? Oh, no, that was the state of Texas. Oh, okay, great. Um, I do not know offhand how big yeah. TBC is, but but not small. Yeah. Um, but great supporters, great group, and, and we got a team out there that's really hustling hard. And, um, and, and barrels so you have 14 barrels in Texas? Yeah. In this year? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, they're, they're not, they're not rare you know super rare like btac or anything like that right but, um it's also not just we just just throw them willy-nilly everywhere and I, I know they like their barrels down there we sold one like without even them tasting it basically oh uh-huh. yeah they like basically had one of our whiskeys that we do with i want to give you the time so um yeah just that they were in, impressed by it and wanted to try it at a higher proof cool yeah how many have you done i'm sorry i don't mind asking um in Sharing. the u.s 
Yeah. Uh, we have 17 currently. Do they all come with that rack that I saw? Um, if it's in a store. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, sweet looking rack. And have the space. Yeah, it looks uh, like... Uh, it's it's big, and you know, for your bigger retail chains, um, half are gonna want it, half are not going to want it. But for an independent store like Old Eagle, yeah. What size are those barrels? Uh, fifty three. Inside the ones on the side, and the oh, rack? the little ones. Yeah. Oh, those are like five gallon casts. I oh, think. that's just yeah. one for show. Then or fifteen gallon casts. Yeah, at least yeah. ten. Yeah, fifteen gallon casts. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But those those are not. This is for show. Yeah. Ah, all right. That comp. I was. Interesting. I yeah. was evaluating your rack and, and trying to steal some, steal some ideas. ideas. Yeah, it's like, a nice rack. I didn't even know about it till a few months ago. Yeah, I was like, 53 would not. No, 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 I think it's almost the perfect width of most end caps. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they really, I have no idea how many barrels they sell. I imagine a ton, but they do a really good job with the program from, from the tasting all the way through the, the presentation or the display. You know what they don't do well, though? Coming on podcasts and talking about it because um, one of their directors of social media marketing that may or may not live <laughs> in this house uh, was I mean, she's like, you should, do, you should do a Knob Creek barrel pick. I'm like, I would love to do a Knob Creek barrel pick, but. Um, could you, I mean, we're obviously doing these with people that are involved with the pick. If it comes from, you know, the buyer, the brand ambassador, the distiller, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I'm like, I would love to have a Knob Creek or a Jim Beam rep come on our podcast and talk about it. She's like, oh, oh, I don't, I, I don't know if I can do that. If you only knew someone from Beam. If only I knew somebody from Jim Beam. Man, I'll see. I know a few people. Yeah. I'll make a few phone yeah, calls. Yeah, I'll reach out to my contacts. Try just DMing some people through social media. You never know. That'd be the best if I just DM'd one of uh, her <laughs> colleagues and just, they all of a they appeared at our house. What are you doing here? I'm here to do a pug. What, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, definitely film that. That'd be pretty funny. Your Key in the Lake. <laughs> the first episode of Key in the Lake YouTube. We have one. Oh, really? With yeah. Video and everything? Yeah. Oh. Well, we have multiple ones up there without video and we have one with video. I right. mean, Callum sitting in front of this display right here. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I would have combed my hair nicer, but I guess we're not doing that. So No, we are not. We're good. So anyway, yeah, um, 80% Second high rye, 20% low rye. Um, this pick from GNS, I think, is awesome. They what call do you it, consider low rye? That's our barely legal, the okay. 52, 43, okay. um, 5. So I, I, to me, I'd say probably anything under sixty, it would fit in that category. I agree. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, we, we've the reason why I asked actually on that that conversation that Callum and I filmed, we we're talking about high rise, and I said, well, usually anything over twenty percent is considered like a high rise mm-hmm. bourbon. Um, I think you'd probably agree with that. I, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I was educated on. Some people will say like anything above thirteen to fifteen percent is considered a high rise, but I know Maryland has different standards. Yeah, I would say these days it's 20. I mean, I just the other day, for years I sold Wyoming whiskey and, and right. Larceny and Wyoming were always the highest weeded bourbons out there at 20%. And I did an event with Sonoma. Yeah. Um, and uh, their, their regular bourbon, maybe mm-hmm. the Cherrywood. I can't remember which. You'll have to ask Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Yeah. Um, I have to leave before you get here. Um, you can stay. No, Jake said I'm not allowed. Uh, but anyway, so you're, was, you're, uh, <laughs> good to go, go get the go, co-host. Twenty five percent wheat. So yeah, I mean that's super high. I wonder if it's the highest out there. I, I yeah, I'm like Koval, who I used to work for. They had a we, our bourbon was basically like fifty two corn, forty eight millet. Oh, yeah, I've had that. Yeah, 
So, so yeah, I would think, I mean, for, for Maryland, that's where we get our sweetness. You know, that corn, uh, we get so much flexibility and it allows us so much innovation and, and really just a really unique taste profile. Plus it really plays homage to the people before us that, that rectified and, yeah. and did some different things. And, um, we love it. And, and 80, 20 works really well here. Um, I think the 110 proof, you know, I think with our cast strength as well as this, it's, it's proof with a purpose. It's not to get more money from anybody. It's not to knock anybody out. It, it really, as you breathe, as it evaporates and the alcohol does its purpose, um, you really get some depth, some clarity on this guy, man. I get so much of that caramel. Um, and then like you were saying, some mint, like a really nice minty clovey yeah. clove flavor on it. Um, hard candy for sure. It was something a little bit of a sarsaparilla taste was left in my mouth, but I feel like you're sucking one of those hard candies mm-hmm. of, a, of a sarsaparilla flavor. Really nice. Uh, totally enjoy it. I remember in, enjoying it. Like I said, like I said, you said, and I said too. Um, tasting it with Jess and Z over at GNS uh, the day that she brought it in, which was just a happy coincidence that we were there. Yeah, that's great. Um, man, I that's that is not drinking like one ten to me. No, it's really soft and for a one ten. Is a very common um, theme when you work. This our is portfolio. considered cast strength. No, barrel select cast strength is our cast strength. Which is your? What's usually cast strength at? Uh, like one twelve to one fourteen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think a lot of you'll see a lot of one twelve and a half, one twelve two in Illinois. Um, I was just in Indiana and maybe it was a one fourteen point one, which is one of our earliest ones. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that somewhere. What um, do you usually get um, on return of like your proof after aging at your warehouses? So we come, we go in at one twenty. We usually come out of that right around one fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we do a splash of the limestone water barrel rinse, so it's um, brings it down maybe a tiny touch. Is that on all your? Is that on your cast strength as well? That's yeah, just a splash. Everything yeah. else will get more of the water, but the cast strength just a barrel rinse. Your touch, yeah. Um, what's that? It's your touch, your personal yeah. touch of your yep. distillery. Yeah, a little Maryland love, giving some of that Sagamore Farm limestone aquifered water, and but um, yeah, I've, I've had the, the pleasure to taste through a lot of these. Um, I, I I've yet to find one I didn't like. I found a sample that I didn't agree with me. Um, what do you? Yeah, what do you do when you have that situation? I I had that happen with me. I just said this 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 is not ready for a barrel select. Am I? Yeah, I'm just honest. I mean, yeah, the the products won awards. We've won a couple of double golds from some distillery barrels. Yeah. I'm very confident in what we put out there. I'm confident in a lot of whiskeys I've I've been part of tastings with, and um, they're not the store would be a lot smaller if we all like the same thing. And Great point. and part of the whole thing of barrel select is what. You know, this one here that, that you might like, I might not like. Um, and then the idea is, you know, you, it's different who your audience is, but um, are they buying for themselves? Yeah. Are they buying for their customer base? I've had oftentimes where like, hey, if this was 10 cases for my basement, I'm buying this one. But I can sell this one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And it was a long time ago. He goes, this is my, this is my, this, I love this. Yeah. But none of my customers will pick up on this nuance or this, you know, how tricky and hmm. different and how off the standard taste profile of the brand it is. So I can't buy, commit to a barrel of it. This one is an elevated experience of the normal product that we sell. My customers will love it. And so when, when you're tasting for a barrel select, what are you looking for personally? Me personally? Um, whatever the customer likes. <laughs> no, I, but how do you determine what your customer likes? I guess that at the end of the day, is it something that you, like what that buyer said is a new version to your customers of a particular item that you already have on the shelf or is it something that's vastly different? I think my job is to 
make sure they think about that. Mm. You know, is that's it? I mean, again, I've tasted through several. They're, they've they've all been really great and very different, which is cool. There's been some that have been similar. Um, and when you pick it out, if one of them is not my fault, fo- again, it's not my. It, it, I I'm not gonna lie to you. If, if it doesn't hit my palate the way I want it to hit my palate, I'm not gonna pick that sample. Um, and if the other three like that that sample and or three or four people that are there like that sample more than me, that's it just didn't hit with me. But I do think our job there as brand reps um, are to make sure you kind of coach, especially younger and, and, and newer yeah. people to it. And it's a lot of those these days through the selection. Hey, this is 34 six packs, 26 packs, whatever the brand might be. I get that you think this hint of clove, let's say, is awesome and you love it or tobacco. And, and it just pairs with the cigar that you like a ton. But the regular product is a lower proof or a higher, you know. Yeah. Different proof, age less, age differently. And that's a really, like, you're not going to think clove or tobacco when you think product A. So I'm going to come in and buy product A's barrel plick, thinking it's going to be within a pretty close realm of what mm. I think product A tastes like. Mm. And if your barrel pick is way out of left field, usually that's a problem. Unless, you know, now more experience will know, like, oh, my, my customers will love that this is so different than what it usually tastes like. But I feel, you know, that's a big part of it is, is just to coach and just make sure they realize all, all sides of it. Yeah. You know, th- whether it be, hey, you got to take all the cases at once or maybe you're allowed to space it out or what the, the you know, even the boring parts of the financial investment. Yeah. I, I mean, think it's, it gets back to a conversation that we had in this podcast earlier in December um, with Noah and Chris talking about education and having the on-premise online or off-premise relationship where we can go in and build a brand through tastings and then having the on-premise education where we can go and build a brand through a cocktail program putting it on your list putting it on your menu talking to bartenders and then educating to the customers that come in which has been taken away from us unfortunately where we have to rely now on the online premise Mm -hmm. because we can't even do tastings in stores and a lot of i know we both cover places all over the country where there's still tastings happening, like Texas, for example. Um, I mean, even talking right now, I have 30 tastings in Florida tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like, it, but it, there's no rep down there. Right. There's no real presence other than we have a market manager that gets there as much as he can from another state. Um, and there's no one really directly there to sell other than your agency partner who's doing wearing a black shirt and pouring mm-hmm. whiskey for you. Which really isn't going to truly highlight the brand itself. So when you go into a barrel select, it, I, 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 my opinion, it has to represent what the original product truly is. And like you were just saying, it can't, it can't veer too differently, unless that buyer knows I have an audience who right. likes the weird. But probably not most of the time. Like at a, a big box chain store, you're not going to have that audience because you don't have that. You can't get that one-on-one attention. Right. Now, if we're talking about like a, a genus market an off-premise, um, you know, a, a bitter pops, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, also down... Um, warehouse. Warehouse liquors as well as Gene. Yeah, you're going to get that one-on-one attention because that's how they have built their store as an independent retailer. Mm-hmm. And not not taking away from the big box changes, that they're, they're busier. They have a much larger store to take care of. It's nothing to take credit away from them at all, but they're not going to be able to explain the nuances. They're probably not even going to be able to taste your barrel picks as well. Um and go into detail about what's going on other than that one buyer, the store manager, and maybe like their head salesperson in the whiskey selection. Right. Yeah. And you're hoping they're there when they're, they're getting looked at. Yeah. But like, you know, when we were sitting down at the cold Eagle, 
it was about I, I had three samples um, that I thought were great, but I thought the one they chose best represented what Star Wars could do for as a, as a brand, mm-hmm. not w- just with Nova, but also with Solera, kind of both being the same juice, just aged differently. Right, and it brought the complexities and the nuances of both of those whiskeys inside of one barrel pick. And I thought that th- that could fit for them because they know what they have on the shelf, and they can explain to people this is a different taste, but a but a similar experience at the same time. Right. It's almost a trade-up opportunity, a training opportunity, yeah. engagement. And then they like it, and then they come back and like, all right, what's the newest barrel? What's that $30 bottle you have on the shelf yeah, versus the $65? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then within the barrel picks. I mean, there's guys right. that are just, I mean, Gene's a legend. Uh, yeah. And even, and Brett at Benny's. I mean, his picks right. are just mind-blowing. And, right. You know, I try. I was just in Tennessee. I was just in Indiana, and I was like, I don't need more whiskey. And I spent <laughs> plenty of dollars on yeah. single barrels because I was like, wait a minute, I want to try this Dickel, this BT, mm-hmm. like all these different barrel picks from you know, different parts of the country, just to compare to the ones we get here, and and it's fun. And it's, I, I agree, mean, man. I think a lot of people have been able to get into the barrel game, maybe because of some of the um, the riches, if you will. That's the wrong word, but from from COVID, from 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 yeah. The off-premise boom, and, and then I think clubs are enjoying a little bit um, more involvement because instead of going out, now you're doing it virtually, and um, so it'll be interesting to see brands shifting to them and, and, yeah. and who will start offering. I think I, I think I just saw Stag Juniors doing their first. Um, oh really? Somebody yesterday on Instagram was there. Um, I think I just saw that they were doing one of their first ones. And my goal in life is to do the first one for this. Nice. And I've already actually talked to, talked to Z about doing it together. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, you've mentioned well, that a handful of times. Um. I'm holding a Booker's uh, shelf display upside or it's horizontally. Like I brought the, the 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 first time I was on. I brought the uh, visual aids. The fr- Friday Friday. <laughs> yeah, the very first. Honestly, time. dude, that that video I shot for that one one no. of my favorite videos I've ever shot. I don't know why the music and everything synced up so prop- properly that I love it so much. Um, but yeah, Z and I were talking about how if we ever could do a barrel pick for Booker's, we'd do it together. That'd be cool. Yeah. There was one, there were some in Indiana back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, when Booker kind of first started doing it. But it, I don't think it's really what the barrel pick was, or I don't think it, the barrel pick then really is what it is today. It's more like him saying, like, hey, I'm making this whiskey for my best customers. Here you go. Versus like you going down to the distillery and mm-hmm. really, I don't know the whole nuance of it all, but um, definitely be part of it. But getting back to Benny's, your Benny's barrel pick, um, there was. Obviously, we make very different whiskeys, um, different parts of the world, aging techniques, where it's where it's made, everything about it's different. But I, I, uh, I find something similar in both of our barrel picks from Benny's that there's tones I get from Sagamore, this earthiness, a little bit of like a clove flavor to it, this rich spiciness to it as well. Um, that's very pronounced inside the Benny's barrel pick versus us talking about the GNS barrel mm-hmm. pick, where our barrel pick was so much Pinot forward. Just wine on the nose, telling you like a little bit of funkiness to it. A truly exceptional experience to what our whiskey does from barrel aging, mature or maturing um, completely inside of a wine cask. And it kind of is, is like a symbiotic experience between two different brands, but it really brings out some really great tones from both of those brands. And that's I mean, it's Brett's palate. Thinking like yeah. like what can I find that's really deep and natural and great from this brand, but then have that whole experience inside of one individual bottle. Yeah, that's well said. And I mean, him and the hotline there and the team have, yeah. man, it's, I tell people all the time, like, what's a good one? I'm like, Hey, this Knob Creek <sighs> to keep going there. Or this, you know, even Sagmore, they had a pick originally or any brand. I'm like, these are all great and you're good whiskeys, but check and see if there's a Benny's pick because what you know of this brand, mm. 
there's an elevated version of it, a, a spin on it that that you will love that is only available here. Yeah. And and um, I mean, I miss doing tastings, but it's <laughs> right. one of those things, and you can do it with confidence because you know it's going to be. It's just a well thought out program. You know it's going to be in the realm of the brand's flavors, and then a little elevated or nice spin on it. And yeah. And that's why Gene's the same way, and it's why their barrel programs are as successful as they are. And you know, being in this industry for as long as I've been, I'm very curious to see what barrel consumers. There's always been barrel buyers yeah. for the name brands. Yeah. Um, now you've got new buyers for those brands, and I think the barrel buyers for the name brands are now coming in a little bit deeper. Yeah. There's the you know Gold Eagle is a good example. There's a spot. Um, I don't know. Good examples, Gold Eagle. Where I'm sure they're buying. The, the knobs and, and, and the makers and the ones that they know they can get. Yeah. People know it. People are looking for it. But now they've got a Star Award. Yeah. Um, and I just saw Jefferson's another one. Jefferson's Untitled. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Untitled out of 1.8. And yep. those, are, those, are, uh, those guys are down by us in Peerless. DC. And, yeah. So I'm curious, just curious to see. I think some will be very successful. I wonder if others won't be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if that's on the, the brands they select, if it's on the, the type of the whiskey you yeah. know, they select. and. And it's a really fascinating part of, of the industry that's a really coming to age right now and, and really evolving. And you'll see, there'll be people that'll have, you know, that'll a line out the door for a certain barrel pick and then can't get rid of another one. Or there'll be one where it's a brand where it's like, hey, we sold out that barrel in 45 minutes. <laughs> and then you go into another store and it's the same barrel pick. He's like, yeah, I've had that for six months. <laughs> it's like, well, who was involved in yours? Who was involved in this one? Oh, we affiliated with the club. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I just bought it and it's on my shelf. Right. I think a great test of that's going to be um, the beer seller, uh, mm-hmm. Ian Stewart, who's a good friend of ours. He's did the Elijah Craig barrel pick. Elijah Craig's typically sell pretty well, mm-hmm. and they're always great, and they're also a great bang for your buck too. They're usually around that forty dollar range mm-hmm. for a barrel select. Can't beat that whatsoever. But it's a beer shop that's trying to transition into a whiskey, a beer shop with a great whiskey selection on the inside. And Ian's definitely leading that charge and being the catalyst to procure some really great whiskeys from across the world onto their um, to mix to mingle with the uh, the shelf space um, with the beers. So I hope that he can do that, and that's being released here pretty soon, um, if not already released based on this one's podcast comes out. And Ian will be on to talk about that and himself very soon here too on this podcast. But it will take a whole new experience of buyers who trust the whiskey collection based on the beer collection they've procured over the number of years that that, that chain, or not chain, but that, that group's been around. Mm-hmm. And I think with Ian leading the helm and being just a great buyer, being a great person, and then also just this catalog of information when it comes to whiskey from all across the world, especially his knowledge of scotch is just unbelievable for somebody who doesn't even who is a part-time uh, worker in this industry. Right. He's a teacher full-time, but he's like, you know, he, uh, he does uh, some dabbling and some uh, buying for whiskey too. Uh, I think it'll be a really nice kind of a uh, little piece of information to take and guide us through seeing how a barrel can sell um, from a big brand at a small store. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I will trust him and I trust that team that they will sell through it pretty quickly. Well, I'll give you, I popped in there after uh it's been a day of playing disc golf on a Ooh. Sunday morning. Yeah, play disc golf. Yeah, who are you? I play coop disc golf. I do I it all. I play coop. Yeah. I know that. Um, but uh, we popped in there on our way to lunch. I don't know if we ever made it to lunch, mm. and mm. Uh, I think it was a seventeen ninety two pick, if memory serves. At beer cellar. Yeah, it, I don't know if they've had a beer a barrel pick in there before this one. Elijah Craig. Golly, I could have sworn there was a pick because my thought was I liked it, so I went back and needed another pick. 
But maybe I'm confused. Maybe maybe they're just normal whiskey. 1782 is delicious yeah. by itself. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, I'll have to look at that. Yeah, I mean, it, he's, as I said, he's brought in some amazing brands already. Mm-hmm. And he knows what he's doing. He, uh, somebody who cares about the customer um, and what they truly want to experience in their glass and what they want to have on their shelf. And he'll make sure you walk out with the right, right whiskey. So I give it all to him, but... Um, I feel like we've been talking more about other people than the second yeah, one. That's all right. It's fun. It's the industry. I mean, again, it's just. Right. You know, I, I think, think it represents what, like, what. I try to paint the picture of this this podcast of what we go through on a daily basis working in this mm-hmm. industry. And we we talk, what, twice a week? Yeah, it seems like probably close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we had an hour conversation about the industry before we even turned the <laughs> microphones on. Um, I. I find you as a mentor in this industry. Oh, I thank you. Yeah. And and it's, I want to bring that experience to our listeners. And I think some people pick up on that. It might be a little in, uh, too inside baseball for some people, Mm -hmm. um, because we're not reviewing whiskeys. Even on this, we're not reviewing barrel picks. We're talking, we're talking good. We're talking (laughs) the Matt Brown. It's good. It's yeah. Hey, what happened? He was going to do those all December. He gave up in like four days. Did he really? Yeah. I Uh, swear. He's like, I'm going to review or review something. He was too day. busy delivering sweatshirts to me. Okay, you know, I, do you remember something about a drummer and mittens, drum they, something? I hope I get a reminder of what I'm thinking of. Me to something with drum, mittens, drum. I can't remember. Matt, if you hear this, if you could, if you could remind me what, what I'm trying to remember. Matt let us off on the Barrel Pick uh, podcast. Oh, no. With a nod or rye. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah. I thought you, you said it? let us off. Nod or rye? I don't think I so. Didn't know, I've said it, I think, on three of these episodes now. Um, based on when these come out, that I didn't know they even had Nader Rye until he pulled it out of his backpack that day. I'm oh, like, yeah. No. I don't think I knew that. The Nader Bourbon. Yeah, huge. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's what we had at the event at Fountainhead. Uh, Sure. I think so. Very. We, or, we had a lot of events at Fountainhead. No, the first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Whiskeys the of the whiskeys, World or yeah, World of Whiskeys yeah. one. Yeah, I think that's what he had brought. I ended up with the end of that bottle. He was wondering where it went. Yeah, I feel terrible. I was like, there wasn't anything there, and I told you I was going to take it. And he's like, wait, what? I sent him a picture. Well, I'm also like, Matt, you know that there's like 25 people here, and we were pouring samples of it, too, so it could have got lost in the glasses. Yeah, no, I have. The Glencairns. I sent him a picture the next day. I was like, I swear, there's this much left. You can have it back. (laughs) We're all good. I think it's, um, it's also funny, too. I wonder how many people are like... What is this Fountainhead place? Because you guys bring it up. So, I mean, obviously, we recorded oh, a bunch right. of podcasts there over the summertime, and it kind of became our home studio uh, during the warmer months of 2020. What a wonderful year it was! And but we still continue to talk about it because it was truly this epicenter of whiskey and contacts and just being a part of this industry. First place I met Matt Brown Ooh. after he replaced, I think, Blonde Brothers. Bill was his name. But I mean, it's you know to your point about talking about what the the podcast is about. The people that are Chicago based and have spent time in this industry selling really any craft spirits slash really good beer, yeah, um, slash whiskey. That's on your top ten list of accounts to to figure out where you stand and what you can do. I mean, I'll never forget uh, Susan Rosentreter when I first yeah. started with her and I did some good stuff when I was with Wyoming and um, when I first served with Sagamore, we ended up being Whiskey of the Week. I think the first two weeks yeah. I was employed. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, hey, look, I told you I could get stuff done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the same way. I'm like, hey, look, at, we're the world whiskey of the week, <laughs> right. and we're featured in a cocktail. Like, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's ten years of, and 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 not just Fountainhead, but that whole family. But right. that's ten years of, of really influential and, and a big deal. Uh, 
part to to this industry in Chicago. Yeah. You know, I mean, Whiskey Weeks. You know, I remember before I even knew what Whiskey Week was, I was selling wine to a distributor, and like, oh, it's Whiskey Week, it's Whiskey Week, and I was like, what are you guys talking about? I didn't know what it was, like exactly what it was, but they always includes Luxbar and Fountainhead. You know, yeah. those were always the stops. And, and again, now I know what it is, and, and the yeah. event at, at the Hyatt and everything, the Hyatt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hyatt. Um, uh, to Hilton or the Hyatt? Marriott? No. No. Whiskey Fest. Hyatt. 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 Yeah, the Hyatt. And then Independent Spirits Hilton. Yep, that's right. Indies Hilton. Right. But, you know, now it makes sense, but that's where, you know, there was always included a stop during that week and, and, and then Delilah's as well. And, right. Um, so, yeah, I, no matter what the future may lay ahead um, for the restaurant and, and, and for Bob and Aaron, um, Fountainhead, I think, will be long talked about mm-hmm. uh, for eons and eons um, from us in the industry and I think for any rooftop lovers from the north side. Cause... Well, I think I think where this barrel pick from GNS is a great representation of what Z is doing. He's a younger guy who wants to bring in great brands. He doesn't care how long you've been around. Mm-hmm. He just wants to have great whiskey on his shelf Stop. and making a little bit of a transition from, I wouldn't say an old school approach, but maybe taking your standard whiskeys um putting them further down the row and highlighting brands like ourselves to be on his shelf and then actually posting about them on social media too. Well, and that's what you have to, I mean, I actually met him at the, Oh, at uh, one thing, but last time I saw him was at Fountainhead's rooftop. Yeah. Um, Me too. As a, as a shop owner, look, the internet's made the world a lot smaller. The, <sighs> there's a lot more knowledge out there than ever. And, and you need to have, and you don't have to leave your couch to get, Almost any brand you want. I do an hour or two of work on on Instagram and Facebook a mm-hmm. day. Like that's where some of my work, some of my best work gets done. Yeah, I agreed. And, and but and that's where you know as a, as a shop guy, a buyer, you 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 curate a fine collection and a fine collection of consumers. Yeah, and loyal and, and be point. loyal and and learn their likes and dislikes and 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 provide excellent service and, and deliver on it and. And you're going to find like, hey, look, every barrel pick that comes out, I'm grabbing because <laughs> she's kicked ass on every yeah. single one I've ever had. Um, and then I'm going to buy my other goods there, too, because I'm there. Um, and, and like Fanta. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and it'll be great to see. I mean, I think next year barrel picks are going to continue to grow. You're going to see more and more brands involved with them, more and more clubs involved with them. More retailers involved with them. They're yeah. all, not all going to be hits, and, and I think there'll be some hits that we're not even considering possible hits at the moment. And then point. for some reason, we're going to get to try one because you're going to be at the stock rooms like, dude, try this from brand whatever. Like, Come on, brand whatever is a barrel pick. Yeah. Okay, I'll try. Wait, what? Like, oh shoot, yeah, that is on point. Yeah. You know, I got to get some get some of that. And um, well, like, I mean, I think Wilson's a great example of that. He's his brand. He well, he's done the Chicago Select mm-hmm. barrels. Um, being, I would say, one of the pioneers to say, "Hey, I'm gonna feature a barrel throughout a city, not just at one store, at you know, one chain, one group of restaurants, or even stores." That in that sense too, when you can have uh, a chain of stores, but he's like, "I'm gonna make a barrel for Chicago. I'm gonna sell it around Chicago to multiple accounts, but it's gonna be a highlight and a great representation of my brand." Yeah, years ago with Wyoming, we were just kind of explaining them the barrel program and just kind of getting going on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, didn't really have one or two takers here, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. And ended up working with um, the craft team at Breakthrough, and we did Windy City Whiskey. Oh, cool. Same idea. So they picked out um, a barrel. It was um, 
I still have a few bottles at home. It was high proof. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> but it was maybe like 25, 26 six packs. And then it was for them to own and kind of, yeah. hey, you know, you can't buy 17, 20, 30 barrels and, and spend 10, 15, $20,000 on, on a commitment like that. But you can buy five, <laughs> you know, and be one of 10 stores that have five, one of, you know, however the math worked. And um, it's, a, it, I noticed he did that same approach with the, the Union Horse stuff and, and yeah. great for him. And I'm looking forward to trying um, the, the Chicago Sting one. I'm glad I'm old enough to knew it was a soccer reference. Yeah, I was watching I, him with. I, the, that's the only reason why I liked it and allowed it on this podcast. <laughs> I was watching him with um, the Bourbon and Rye Club uh, when they were shout doing... out to Mikey Mickey Stripes. Who knows? <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Come on, it's got to be soccer related. Come on!" Yeah, and he, he was like, "Yeah." I think everyone on that Instagram live was wasted. I was at my mother's law and not. Oh, I was. Everyone else seemed to be wasted. There was a lot of, uh, oh, what were we talking about that night? Banter. Fun banter. Fun banter, but there was something specifically. Uh, oh, the hell? Uh, Naked City Kitty. Shout out to Naked City Kitty. What were we talking about? That was it. No. Oh, fans only pages. That's <laughs> <what we're... laughs> yeah. Right. right. Because of Naked City Kitty. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know that, but. Um, I think. Well, I missed that whole part, but I joined in too late, I guess, to the conversation. But it was great. Um, no, this, this barrel select is delicious. Um, go see our friends over at Genus Market in Uptown. Uh, this is the number 68 barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on um, the back, they call it Almost Nice. Is that what it was? Um, yes. So the sticker on the back is called Almost Nice with a nice little shot of your casino playing the black or the reds. I didn't know roulette tables went up to uh, that high. I always thought I don't the 36. Think they do. Ah. I wonder what it could mean with number 68 barrel. Almost nice. Almost nice. I don't know. I don't know. No. I'll have to ask him. It's a mystery. Well, hopefully you'll have him on soon. And, and, yeah. And, um, it's a mystery. Ask him because um, uh, I don't quite get that But one. Uh, this is honestly one of my favorite offerings to Second War. You know I enjoy everything you guys do. Yeah, uh, right Initially, I picked up on those notes that um, truly made it a delicious whiskey. So, Brett, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Every time. Anytime. And every, every time. Every and any time. <laughs> Thanks for having me, uh, and uh, happy holidays. Yeah, we're gonna have to kill Wilson too. Oh yeah, well, yeah, because I did want to try that that his new release. Hopefully, he appears. Yeah, out of the air. I don't know. I think it's me. It's a good point. Yeah, most times when I'm on, he's off or late or mm. I don't know. It's a sad story. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Maybe well. in twenty one. This is Jake from Keena Lake and of Star Ward Whiskey. Brett Bauer, thank you once again. Sagamore Spirit, please go buy this apparel.